Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast and wow, the difference between when I did that last podcast after Chelsea and, well, we had the nil-nil midweek horror show. Yes, it was that bad against Crystal Palace, but just beaten City away 2-0. It's now 22 games unbeaten away for United. It stopped that huge, massive winning run for Manchester City. They are still top of the league, but it was a really important win for United because form has not been good. I pointed that out to Ollie on Friday and he slightly disagreed with me. And, well, the, the, the term I said was there's been a dip and he said he didn't feel that there's been a dip. So maybe he was talking about performances and I've been talking about results, but I just felt that the chasing pack, while they've not been chasing as hard as they could have done, especially Liverpool who keep on losing, United couldn't continue playing like that. But, that was probably the best win of the season. We've got a couple of people who are going to join us today on this United We Stand podcast. And the first is John Ashton, who's a regular contributor to United We Stand. John, what did you make of that game at the Etihad, the third consecutive win for United away at City? Evening, Andy. Yeah, it's, um, it's becoming a bit of a regular occurrence, isn't it? It's almost uh, sort of back to the back to the eighties days when United used to always go to uh, go to Anfield and get a result. Um, sad to say that City are the ones at the, at the top of the league in a minute, but superb performance, Andy. I mean, I, I I don't know about you, but I, I never felt like United were going to lose today, and I know that everyone's been going on about how well City have been playing and this run that they've been on, but obviously, you know, United away from home, they, they, we've always seemed to bounce back well from from disappointments um, and, and they've certainly done that today. Obviously, the, the start of the game was, you, you know, you couldn't have wished for a better start, but what was great to see was just United properly on the front foot, you know, they were aggressive, they were closing the ball down and basically the complete opposite of what, what happened on Wednesday. And yeah, yeah, the, the United seems to thrill and frustrate you in equal measure, don't they? But um, yeah, no, it, even if it's a, a temporary, temporary thing, it's nice to... Uh, have the so-called bragging rights for for a, you know for a short while. Even if um, they are going to go on to win the league, it's, it was important to get the win, um, close the gap a little bit, and, and obviously um, create create a bit of space between the teams below. But yeah, overall, very very good. Saw some images of Manchester having a red sky. It looked like Chicago with all the skyscrapers lit <laughs> up, and just a shame that we we fans can't be there, in it. It's just. It would be brilliant. That way it would have been amazing. It would have been. I mean, like I said, we've been lucky to experience quite a few of them over the last few years. Um, We do seem to have a bit of a a hoodoo over them in in the league. Um, I think their style of play just, you know, it suits United to a T, doesn't it? For all, Ollie's tried to progress United in terms of, you know, getting on the front foot and being a team that control games. We are still at our best um, when you've got players like Rashford and and Martial and Dan James. You're going to be at your best when you're on the counter-attack and... You know, City do give give you give you a chance to exploit that, and and United did it perfectly today. And it's like I said, it's just a, it's a weird one because if you look back, you know, if you if you'd said to me a week ago, three tough away games in a week at Chelsea, Crystal Palace, and City, you were going to get five points and stay unbeaten and three clean sheets, you'd have probably said, it, you know, that's quite positive. But other than today, you know, it was it's been quite a sort of negative feeling around United. But um, yeah, it's just like I said, frustrating that you can go and win there today, the hardest one of the lot, and yet. You know, you go to Crystal Palace and don't really create a chance. And today we could have had four or five. But um, it's just where United are at, aren't they? They're, they're consistently inconsistent, um, pardon the cliche. They are, but 12 points more than at the same stage last season. Although the bar was pretty low last season. But looking comfortable there in second. Although Le- Leicester did move up into second. And I was keeping half an eye on Leicester Brighton 
for the first time in my life, thinking, "Oh no, when <laughs> when when they got the late winner." So I like yeah, it that I mean, football can still do that to you. That, that's where they're up to. I mean, I've read, I've read somewhere today. I think United have lost four out of the last forty-two league games, and three of them come in the first half a dozen this season when we were obviously you know struggling um, with with the lack of pre-season. So listen, there's, there's definite progress there. As much as people may get disheartened by performances like Crystal Palace or you know, not really going for it at Chelsea. But sometimes, you know, the, the things just come off for you. Sometimes you get a stroke of luck with a penalty. You know, we've been on, been on the receiving end of some, some bad decisions of, of late, or, or if not bad decisions, certainly we've not got any 50-50 ones that, that could have gone our way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, nice to be... I mean, I, I, listen, I, I don't, I'm not as impressed by City as, as what what the um, the league position would say. You know, 20-odd wins, I think, speaks volumes for the how weak domestic and even European football is at the minute because the, 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 they're more of a functional side, but they, they don't come anywhere close to what, you know, the team they had a couple of years ago and they had Aguero and his pomp and things like that. So I wasn't overly surprised that United went there and got a result today. Like I said, it's, you're just tempered with disappointment because you know what this side is capable of. And had we not dropped stupid points at Sheffield United... Um, you know, the Everton result was a bad one. West Brom, you know, even if you picked up maximum points in those three games alone, you're still in a title race. You'd only be four or five points behind. I'm going to so, ask you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Go on. I'm going to ask you about a, a couple of, of, of players for, for the United side and how they did today. One who I asked Ollie about after the game was Luke Shaw, and this is what Ollie had to say. And I thought we were excellent the first 10 15. Then we settled into our shape because probably played more too much on the result, um, and we ju- adjusted at the half time to be more positive again. And the second goal was uh, incredible. So we're going to do everything we can to keep the performance levels up every day, of course. Andy Mitchell. Hi, Ollie. Can I ask you about the performance of uh, Luke Shaw, who got the second goal, please? Absolutely incredible. Um, he was a massive doubt uh, until after the warm up. He needed to do the the warm up to be uh, to be cleared to play. So Alex was ready. But um, Luke Luke's performance top. You know he's aggressive. He's hard to play against one against one. And uh, when he goes forward on those uh, on those runs, he's uh, he's unstoppable. So. Um, He's just improved so much uh, and he's improving all the time and uh, delighted for him. So obviously, John, Ollie's buzzing offshore. I think we all are, aren't we? He's been, he's been fantastic. Yeah, absolute transformation of a footballer, isn't he? You know, from he's always been reasonably solid defensively, but we'd always moaned about you know what he provides going forward. But he must be up there in terms of creating goals. Um, he's got to be second to Fernandez and or, or certainly Fernandez and Rashford anyway in terms of creativity this season. Obviously, getting his goal today, he, he could have easily have had another as well early on in the game. So yeah, full credit to him, and uh, it, it just goes to show though what what the pressure of having. Um, competition for places can do for players you know we've seen too many times that players get stuck in a comfort zone a bit thinking that they're going to play every week so you know bringing in Tellers in who's, who's done reasonably well when he's played as well he's just been the the kick up the behind that he's really needed but he, he, yeah he just he looks maturer doesn't he he looks you know he looks fitter he's just confidence as well what that can do for a player um, you know you've seen what happened when Mourinho was, was pecking at him constantly but Solskjaer's always obviously always had his back and yeah he's been, been fantastic this season and the second player I was going to ask you about was Anthony Martial. Well, I've been much like every other United fan this season. He's been he's been very very disappointing, and I think had 
Cavani been fit today? I don't think any United fan would have complained if he'd not started the game, but he looked pretty much back to his best, didn't he? He's, you know, he was picking the ball up deep, he was running at defenders, he looked confident, he looked sharp. Um, the only thing that continues to keep on letting him down this season is he's finishing in front of goal because, let's face it, I think I'd have fancied myself to score that goal, uh, uh, so that, that chance he had in the second half to make it 3-0. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he's got to do wonders for his confidence, hasn't it, to, um, to, to come back and be able to put in a performance like that. But again, th- those sort of games where you, you've got a bit of space and you you know, you're not on the ball constantly. Seem to seem to help players like that. What he's got to be able to do is, can you do it when you've got eight eight players behind the ball and um, you know packed defenses, which he struggled with. But it's a shame he didn't get his goal. But yeah, overall, I thought his performance was was very very good. Um, well, I've got you actually, Andy. I've been asked. Um, somebody's told me you've made a bet with a with a City fan today. So we'd like to see what that is. I, no, I didn't make a bet. What what it was? It was. Um... My the brother of my brother-in-law, so my sister's husband's brother, he's a blue, and they're, they're proper blues. I mean, they go home and away. And even when City played that game in Moscow, where the fans were banned, he still went to Moscow. So when there's like ten City fans there, he's one of them. And to be fair to all of them, they've they've followed their team through thick and thin for years. And he messaged me um, the night before the game to tell me that. He'd had a bet on City to win 5-0, 6-0 and 7-0. And I thought, well, I'm just not going to pass comment on that because it's not as outlandish as it seems given that United have been pretty poor and City are winning everything. I just thought, I'll hold my horses on that one. And he, 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 then, he then clarified it and said, obviously I want us to win, but if I'm honest, I never thought I'd be saying this. And I'll never forget it, when we were rubbish, when we were shit, and you were winning everything, I worked with a United fan, and when we beat you, he used to say to me, you can have your three points in your cup final, we win trophies. Never in a million years did I think I would feel the same. So that's fair enough. Now, unfortunately for him, um, his, his bet was extinct after, what, what a minute when Bruno <laughs> scored? Yeah, yeah. And then I was going to get him on, on the podcast, but I think he was having a, having a couple of beers. And to be fair with him, after the game, um, he said, uh, well-deserved, we've been awful, congratulations. And at half-time, he said, uh, what did he say? I'm just looking at the messages. City controlling the game, but lacking the quality going forward. United looked dangerous on the break. With a bit more quality, you could be 2-0 up. So I think that's all pretty sensible. And... He'll be gutted, and you know, we'd be gutted, wouldn't we, if United had lost the match? Yeah, of course you would. If, listen, listen, we've had we've had seasons in the past, haven't we, where we've we've won doubles and trebles, and I think was it two thousand and eight where did City beat us home and away or something? Or it, I know I know we didn't get great results against them that season, um, the one where they did the anniversary kit and things like that. So it does kind of temper your season, knowing that. You know, even if you win trophies at the end of it, that you've you've lost to your big derby games. But um, listen, we've we've known for a while that City fans are generally knobheads anyway, aren't they? But um, yeah, I mean, five, six, and sevens this season especially is not beyond the realms of possibility. And we know what City are like when they do get the noses in front. They, you know, they can be pretty uh, pretty ruthless. But um, in the other, if if anyone deserved to win by a big margin today, it was United. You know, we've had we had two goals and probably the best other two chances in the game as well. We have people listening to this podcast all around the world and we get feedback from everywhere. Can we just try and paint a picture of what it's like when you're at 
a Manchester derby home and away and what it's like in Manchester after the game because you don't see a lot of trouble actually at the match now. The security is so good, the policing is so good. You're more likely to see it in pubs, not even in the city centre, but in the suburbs of Manchester where it's red and blue and obviously some parts of Manchester are far more red. Um, I'm from the west part of Manchester and that's far more red. And the, the, the blues in the part of Manchester where I'm from, the Urmston and Stretford blues, they actually call themselves blues in bandit country. And and again, to be fair to them, they've gone to support their team home and away for, for years. But you're from a different part of Manchester to me. You're from North Manchester. How does the ratio sort of seem to you up there? And what are the pubs round, you know, Middleton way? Well, I've actually moved to Blakely these days, so I don't get into Middleton as much as I used to. Um, the pub scene's not great, obviously, at the minute for anyone, but um, I'd, I'd say Middleton originally, that's where I'm from, I'd say it's probably maybe half and half, maybe just a bit bit more red than, than, than blue. Obviously, most of my friends are all United fans, just because you know you make friends, don't you, by that's the, way, that's the way you grow up and you make friends just through going to United, but I'd say it's probably just a bit more United than City, but there's not much in it, to be honest with you. Um, and Blakely? Days. I, yeah, but well, Blakely's probably a bit more, a bit more red, I reckon. Um, but again, I've, I've not visited the pubs in here too long because I've only uh, been here for sort of twelve months, and obviously they've all been shut down since I've moved here, so I uh, couldn't really give you a full, full flavour of what's going on with them. But I think most of the ones that I'm normally used to, they're, they're the typical City fans, really. If, if United have won the game, you won't see any of them anywhere. But um, if if they've they've won, then they'll be out. And then it's a year since we've been able to go to Old Trafford since the stadium was full. I've been a few times as a journalist and, and trust me, it's nothing to get excited about. I know people might think you're looking to go there and I am and it's my job and I appreciate that but there's no atmosphere. It's like walking into um, an empty room. And it's a year since McTominay got that goal. Everyone stayed in the strep for then way after the final whistle. Everyone was singing the new new chants were kicking off that fan culture was really alive and, and that's all gone on it? it's all been shifted online which isn't isn't really a good thing it's terrible I mean the, the sooner it comes back the better like I said it, this season's got, it's going to be another one like last year you know whatever happens by the end of it it's still going to be one with a big giant asterisk at the side of it You can, and you can start to see it affecting players as well because I mean, everyone still goes on about the English league being the greatest league in the world and stuff like that. But I mean, you probably watch more football than I do these days because of your job. But I've got to a point now where I only really bother watching United. There's, there's that much of it on the teller, and so many of the games are drab, nil-nil, one-nil affairs of watching one team attack and one team defend, and just lacking in. I don't know. You know, you don't get any sort of individual brilliance these days. I don't know whether it's just you know the invention of the likes of Guardiola and Klopp who've changed football. That they just seem to do the basics dead well. The pie pressing it's just everything's 100 mile an hour so I, I think the entertainment's struggling anyway um, just from a from a technical perspective but yeah definitely with the no fans in the ground it's, it's making for hard viewing um, as far as we're concerned it's trying to get to the end of the season make sure you're in a good position um, league wise and hopefully financially they can get him back in the summer um, if they can win a trophy it'd be nice but yeah it's all about gearing up for next season I think from from 
from a United perspective now, make sure you get in that top four, get in the Champions League and get a couple of players in the summer and then hopefully we can make a proper crack at it starting in August with some fans back. But you know, I've got I'm waiting with um with bated breath with that one as well because you know nobody really wants to count the chickens too early with all this uh, nonsense that's going on. And trophies this season, the FA Cup, the League Cup, we've got a game against AC Milan, that should be getting us getting excited now. Yeah, be, but listen, don't get me wrong, it'd be brilliant, obviously, just to, it's better than not winning things, but they're also tempered with the fact that, you know, disappointment that you can't go to these sort of games, you know, can you imagine a UEFA Cup final, I think, is it in Gdansk this year, and, you know, how good that good a trip that would have been that people aren't going to be able to go on, or, you know, might, an FA Cup final. Might be able to Yeah, yeah, the, the talk, the, they're talking about 10,000 fans, aren't they, for the end of the season, by the end of the year, so again, that's going to bring enough challenges in itself of who gets a ticket and who doesn't get one, and it's still going to be a weird atmosphere, and it going to Wembley with only 10,000 fans there um, be more like a, a typical city end but um, no it's um, yeah it, it's like I said for me it's it's more about just making sure they're ready for next season and, and building some momentum going into next year and hopefully spending some money um, and getting the last couple of problem positions fixed because you think to yourself if you know if we did get a striker in and maybe a right winger and maybe another centre back you think this United team won't be far away next year Thanks for joining us, John. And one point he touched on there was about the money. United's Q2 results did come out on Thursday. They weren't as bad as I expected. 7% down. I know the, the debt went up, which is never a good thing, according to people I know. They know far more about business and debt than I do. But I think we'll see a situation where United will sign players in the summer. I just wouldn't expect a similar amount to be spent as in recent seasons that said the price of players has fallen undoubtedly so uh, Borussia Dortmund know that they're not going to come close to getting what they thought they'd get for Jadon Sancho the, the two big Spanish clubs have got major financial problems and every club has been hit economically by Covid I think United's bacon was saved by the Champions League football into that quarter um, and that they pulled the figures up uh, a little bit I suspect that one or two Manchester United fans might be having a celebratory drink after that Manchester derby victory. Well, we can get you eight for free. That's eight craft beers from Beer 52. If you go to Beer 52, that's beer52.com forward slash United. And if you cover the postage, which is £5.95, well, Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club with over 175,000 active members. Each month, the members are sent a case with a different theme. It comes with a magazine and a snack. If you don't like dark beer, then choose a light option. You can pause or cancel at any time. So, what have we been sent this month? Well, a selection, a couple of stouts, um, one from the tiny Rebel Brewery, called Electric Boogaloo. It's cloudy, it's fruity, citrusy. It's a pale ale, that one. And it tastes of passion fruit. There's another one called Hollow Days, which is a hazelnut stout from the Harbour Brewery. And that tastes of chocolate and vanilla. It's quite strong, that one. And that's quite a dark one as well. There's loads, all different ones. Some like more than others. But you can, uh, I'll get them sent to you. Try them, and loads of you have uh, have signed up to get your eight free craft beers. So if you're interested in doing that, 
go to www.bay52.com forward slash united you pay the 595 it's really easy to sign up and you'll get them sent to you enjoy our next guest is Remo Remo's a regular for United we stand your eyes to shredded sweet column and before I forget we've got a new issue coming out this week it's all, all been printed it's coming out on Tuesday if you've ordered it then all copies are already in the post we will do another mail out on Tuesday so if you want to subscribe go to uwsonline.com or if you just want to order this issue we can send out single issues it's a bit full on with the admin but we can do it and just paypal us 3.99 in sterling to uwsmag at yahoo.co.uk or 5.49 for Republic of Ireland and Europe, or 5.99 for the rest of the world. You can order a digital subscription. That means you can read the fanzine on your tablet. That's the cheapest way of getting it, and you might find it more convenient if you're outside the UK because you can get it instantly when it's released at midnight on Monday night. And there's loads of original stuff in there. And did a big interview with uh, Neil Wood. Neil's the coach of the under 23s. Really interesting. So. That's decent, and that's in the new Mac. So, Remo, I'm not going to talk about the Mac. Obviously, you've done a, a piece in it. We're going to talk about yeah. Manchester City nil, Manchester United 2. What did you make of it? Overjoyed, mate. Um, yeah, I loved it. Uh, it was weird. We, we, you know, I, I genuinely, normally, derbies, I'm, I'm on tentacles. Maybe, maybe because I wasn't expecting much today, but from the moment we bagged the penalty... Um, I just, I don't know, I felt strangely confident all game. I, I didn't think City created anything really clear-cut. Obviously, you know, there was, a, there was a few shots, crosses went in. I just, I, I thought United bossed it at the back. The, the most nervous I was was when we were in possession, you know, within kind of 30 yards of our own goal. We, they tried a few things which didn't come off, but um, they were brave today and they worked the socks off. Uh, every one of them. I can't believe Neville gave the uh, man of the match to Marshall. I thought that was a scandal. He, he did all right. Game, don't get me wrong. He did. Yeah. Mr. Couple. Yeah. Chances, one very good. And chance. yeah, absolute sitter. But you know, God, I don't know what. I mean, you know, you know me. I'd always give it to Harry Maguire every single every single game. But Luke Shaw, Christ, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what he has to do to win a man of the match when he scored. Played brilliantly all game, was a consistent threat, uh, defended very, very well. Um, oh, yeah, he was man of the match by an absolute country mile, but I don't know. Yeah, Neville's got to do something maybe to uh, to keep people talking on the interweb. So you mentioned Maguire. I know that you've got very strong feelings for, for Harry. And <laughs> Leave it out. <laughs> extremely supportive <laughs> of him. There's been times this season where I've seen him getting quite a lot of stick. Um, I did a, a piece for um, News Talking Ireland a few weeks ago and I described Harry as being 7 out of 10 regular, dependable, but if you're going to play for Manchester United, you need to be better than that. And I got loads of criticism for people saying, how dare you say he's 7 out of 10, he's a walking liability, etc., etc. I suspect you might be saying he's, he's a 9 out of 10 fella. Why do you like him? And do you think he's the right man to be captain of Manchester United? Right, two separate issues. I think as a central defender, he's he's absolutely spot on. He's he's brave. He reads the game well. You know, you can argue all day whether um, he's got the right man alongside him. 
whether it's you know whether it's Lindelof or Bay. Um, but I think he reads the game very well. Um, he passes the ball exceptionally well, forward, sideways, whichever way. But he, and he, and he, he moves forward very well. He's yeah, he's not the quickest on the turn, but I don't know. People seem to think there's these, you know, central defenders just waiting to be bought who are the the, the complete package, and they're not. There's not many good ones out there. You know, we missed out on Van Dyke for whatever reason, and and he is pretty much everything, but he's not at the moment, is he? And we'll see how he comes back from a major injury. But I don't know. I just I I think Maguire gets a hell of a lot of stick, captaincy wise. Yeah, I don't know if that weighs a bit on him. I don't know. You saw that that spat between him and Rashford in in midweek, when in my in my mind Maguire was spot on to say. You know, get on side a bit more, Marcus. But it, it, I just wonder whether he's got that. You know, whether he needs to just concentrate on his game. They often say about really good cricketers that sometimes they get the captaincy and they, they start worrying more about the captaincy than their own game, and their form declines. And it's not the case in football where you need to be constantly thinking about being captain. But some players grow into it. They're in the ref's ear, and I, and I, I do agree. I, I think sometimes he needs to be more. You know, more forceful on the pitch. So I'm not, I'm not convinced by him as a captain, um, but I am as a player. And I thought he was absolutely superb today, as he has been regularly against City. Actually, um, he, so he's done very well make, against good teams. One point you make there about you can't buy this off the shelf. So United have been looking at other central defenders. I think yeah, top clubs I'm sure absolutely do that. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's called competence and. I know some of the move United have been looking at. I mentioned one of them a few weeks ago, Jules Koundé from Sevilla. And I can see what I can see with my eyes. But what I did on Friday was I spoke to someone who's actually managed in La Liga, who's a professional football manager still. I'm not going to give you his name. And I know him well enough for him to basically go through a load of players with me and for him to talk about the, the pros and the cons of each of those players. And they all had cons to them. And we went through six different players and I said to him, which of these players could play for Manchester United? And there was, there was a pause with almost all of them. The one who, who came out top was the most difficult one to get. That's Rafael Varane at, at Real Madrid. Yeah. That's why he's played centre-half for Real Madrid. Exactly. You know, it's, it's like going in a car showroom. Obviously, the, the Lamborghini is probably going to be more expensive than, than, than the Skoda. So... I thought I thought Maguire did very well against City. I thought Lindelof had a, had a yeah, he game. did, he did. Um, two. Our, our previous guest was was John Ashton. He's in North Manchester. I'm from from West Manchester. You're in South Manchester. You're in Cheadle. Yeah. And well, my dad played briefly for Cheadle Town, so I used to go over there quite a lot as a kid. But I remember in 2001 when Dots Radden Brown broke up Manchester to see whether it was United or City. And Cheadle yeah, was one of the that. few areas which had a higher percentage or a higher number of City season ticket holders than United. And I'm from mm. a very red part of Manchester, Urmston, Stretford. Is that fair? How do you see it in Cheadle? Is it a blue area? Because Cheadle is part of Stockport and United fans take the piss out of City fans from not actually being from Manchester itself but from being from, from Stockport and the outlying hill towns. Is that fair? You're in the middle of it? 
Um, I think they probably have more more match going fans round here. Um, so you know the Adam Brown thing, albeit twenty years ago, however long ago it was, it was. I think they were. Um, I think they do. You know the ones I know round here go to the match. Whereas a lot of United fans, and I would still say there's probably more United fans, but if you define fans as people who maybe will watch it on the pub or at home, and supporters as people who go to the, you know, go to the games, then I would say City have more, yeah, more supporters round here. Um, you know, they've got a lot of um, supporters kind of dens round here. The Kenilworth pub, just a stone's throw from my house, is, you know, has always been a, a, a big. Uh, meeting point for City fans um, as are quite a few of the you know, pubs in Cheadle and, and further in towards Didsbury and what have you so you know yeah there's um, there's a lot round here um, and uh, you know it, it can be fun at times and, um, In what way describe the pubs after a derby match because I said uh, to the previous guest John that you're more likely to find trouble in suburban pubs than you are at the stadium oh, yeah. or the city centres I've seen yeah, it so definitely. many times Yeah I mean the city centre you know it's pretty boxed off there you know the police police are quite canny and the door staff are always you know they know what's what and then generally there's pubs which are united and pubs which probably more city over on that side so uh, suburban pubs I mean the, the Kenilworth actually is a good point because that was I believe even though I, I wasn't watching that day because I was at the game but the day of the the final day of the 2012 season, Sky did a feature on the Kenilworth because the land, the landlord and the landlady, the landlord is quite a well-known blue and, and she's a red. And they actually, they were on Sky Sports that day because they, they partitioned the pub into, uh, into red and blue. Um, but there's always trouble there, always trouble in there on Derby Day. Um, and what? Absolute guarantee it. Drink being taken, perceived oh, yeah. slights. Yeah. Yeah, and it escalates from there. Yeah, you red bastard, you blue bastard, and then it gets yeah. even worse. Munich gets thrown around, and then you yeah. know something, something gets thrown. Um, and these are all people who, you know, that, that's the the amazing thing is these people generally, you know, know each other and drink together. You know, a week later they'll they'll be in the same pub, probably having a drink together. It's the same the football world over, isn't it's it? That's what it does to people, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and I'm a you know I've I've been a dick for it in the past, you know that, but um, it does, and it's all to do with drink, of course it is, and drink and, and the emotion of of you know either a last minute winner or a you know a, a controversial decision that's perceived to be you know have gone the gone the wrong way. Um, I don't know if it would have been that bad today. I mean, obviously the pubs aren't open, but um, I don't I don't know how bad it would have been because it was just such there wasn't really it was it was not not one-sided but you know what I mean it wasn't wasn't like there was any controversy in it United were the better well they certainly played the better game today um but yeah someone would have said something and got (laughs) got a cuff one way or another I just don't speak to my blue mates about it there's no contact we've just probably found that's the best way and I realise that might sound weird when football oils conversation so much but a couple of my, my very best mates, the City fans, and we just we just don't speak about it. It's weird, isn't it? Because yeah. we're just not going to agree, so we're going to end up being stupid. And someone said to me a few years ago, and I never forgot it, what exactly is bragging rights? It's basically oh, it's a, a acting like yeah. a knobhead. <laughs> yeah. Because someone else has been successful on your behalf. 
doesn't yeah. make, it doesn't make you do you know the, the your life any better just because no. a load of fellas you know have won a football match no it just makes you feel good and there's that, that buzz for you know 24 hours or a few days but you know negative ninny here you know part of me straight away as I was uh, oh, I was going to say driving home from my mates I shouldn't say that should I but as I was uh, you know after watching the game I uh, the first thing I thought was bloody hell I bet we get them in the cup now and they beat us yeah, I don't want to score in the cup because I think no, if, I don't. if United play City ten times, they, they they would win more, and I think that yeah, that result at Old Trafford in the Carabao Cup was probably an accurate barometer of where the two clubs are, the small margins. But United can still go 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 to City and and do what we've we, been doing all the time. We play a lot better at their place, don't we? Really do, Christ. Yeah, and um, we've got an advert, mate. Yes, yes, it's a read through. And we need support of sponsors because we don't charge for this podcast. We've not gone down the Patreon route. Um, I might need a bit of help with this, mate. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, go for it. Because it's, it's Manscaped. Um, so let, what, let, let's what, do what, it what, together. Well, tell, tell me what they do. Well, Manscaped is sort of grooming below the belt and... Um, Right. I'm a bit yeah. in the dark yeah. about this, so let's go. No, I'm well. I'm a, I'm an old pro, so uh... <laughs> why are you an old pro? Well, you you know you've got to keep yourself tidy down there, Andy. <laughs> right, right. Well, let me just start reading this. The go COVID on. spring break is around the corner, and you know what that means: spring break in your pants. Manscaped is here right. to ensure that the party in your pants never stops. Do you have a party Ooh. in your pants, Remo? Not right now, but <laughs> I, I know what they're driving at. I know what they're driving at. They're, they're saying, yeah, keep it, keep it nice and sculpted down there. Make sure the ladies can see the wood for the trees. And, uh, you know, you'll be getting some action uh, in those pubs when, uh, when they reopen, or maybe even the nightclubs. Even Elizabeth Hurley wouldn't say no to this pants party. For everybody preparing for a pants party this spring break... We at United We Stand have an exclusive 20% off discount if you use the code United at manscapes.com. Well, what are you getting 20% off? Well, That's Manscaped what I was going to is... say. Do you get 20% extra pubes off? <laughs> is that what they're the saying? Kit, right? it's, it's fantastic. It's like loads of shavers for down below, but I'm from a generation where it wasn't normal to shave down below, but my younger... Family members tell me it's absolutely normal, and my I wife bet, yeah. tells me that in her country, um, which is Brazil, well, that's what, I, that's what her country's known for. <laughs> that, I mean, a, Brazil, a Brazilian is known for that, isn't it? Exactly. So you get all these fancy shapes. You get a cracking pair of boxer shorts, which I absolutely wear. And right. Manscaped nice. is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The perfect package. 3.0 kit comes with the essential lawnmower, which is waterproof, and that's to mow your lawn. It's a cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid right. formulations to round out your grooming routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you who need a chest or a ball shave. It's a third-generation trimmer, not a first or second, and it features cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skincare technology pioneered by manscaped you can even adjust the settings oh you can have different lengths are you aware of this world out here 
Well, yeah, that's what I was... Because I use my beard trimmer, quite frankly, which probably isn't that hygienic. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, can you get them to send me one? And if they send me one, I'll, I promise, like, I'll send before and after photos and everything. I'll, I'll put them on... We can put them on the United We Stand Twitter account. <laughs> right, right. You, could, you can, like, you could pixel out the, uh, you know, the cock and balls and that, and, but you could... <laughs> are you going to say that your testes are the besties? Yeah, that's a, that, that. Yeah, absolutely. Go on then, say that's it. That's really good. My testes would be the besties if I used Manscape, well, ladies. They've got a thing called the Crop Reviver Ball Toner and uh, the what? spray on. I've got. Oh, I've seen the spray on. I mean, you basically spray it on. This is a first for me as well. But for for a limited time, um, people who listen to this podcast can get two free gifts. The, from the shed right. travel bag. It's smart. What they sent you, I've got to say, it's smart. And you get boxer shorts with it as well. You get 20% off. Go to manscaped.com. Put, I'm going to get one. Put, put United in it. And as it says, do yourself a favour and use the right tool for, for the job. You'll have beautiful yeah. balls with Manscaped. Best thing I'd say, just go to manscaped.com because you'll see it far better than I or yeah. you can describe it. Well, yeah, but you know what? I think there's, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, it's a bargain and one I will be taking up, Andrew. <laughs> what will success be for Manchester United this season? We're at, we're at 28 games now. United have got 12 more points than at the same stage last season. Still in the FA Cup. Got a tough game at Leicester City and AC Milan in the Europa League. And this week we're playing AC Milan. We should be excited, but it's behind closed doors. It's not in the Champions yeah. League. There you go. What would be a success for you with United this season? It's a tricky one. I, I think I, um, I I did an interview with a, a paper a bit ago and said top four and a trophy. Um, I think top four. I say, is it is it nailed on now? I don't know. It should be, but you never know. You lose, you know, you lose one, and they, 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 United tend to have off games. Um, they're not put. They're not good at putting long runs together. So. You would hope top four is nailed on and therefore they can have a really good crack at, at winning a trophy. Um, but we've got Leicester in the next round of the cup, which will be a really tough game. We've got to get past they these seem... teams, haven't we? We've got to get, you know, not yeah, just of course you have, yeah. get to the semi-finals. We've got to be winning the competitions. Oh, exactly. You've got to beat them to, to win the trophy at some point. So, um, I, I, I don't think it's make or break for... For Ollie, in terms of, of winning a trophy, but I think for the fans, it would it would massively shut a load of, of social media virgins up if we could get a trophy. They'd probably still be striking and saying, "Oh, it's only the Europa, or it's only the FA Cup." But it would it would massively shut a load of people up. We've not won one for three years. You know, we we, we need to get a trophy in, and I, I genuinely think this set of players at the moment is is. Is built. It's more like United in the eighties. They, they they can turn it on when they need to, and that that kind of is is geared towards uh, trophy winning football, isn't it? Um, albeit we've had a dreadful record in semi finals recently. So I don't know. Yeah, for me, top four. Although you know I hate all that nonsense about you know getting into the Champions League, but um, it's vital if we're going to attract the best players in the summer. Um, that's the fact of the matter. So I, I want us to win a trophy, I really do. And I think we, we're good enough to... Probably the Europa League is the chance. If we get past Milan, um, there's no one we should be fearing in that competition. You say social media virgins. Are these people who are never, ever happy? 
yeah, the, the, the clowns who just, you know, they're very quiet tonight. I've had a quick look on Twitter. They, you know, they're, they're, they're quiet and then they'll say, well, When you say quiet, do you mean if United would have dropped points or been beaten as everyone was expecting, you start seeing hashtags yeah. Ollie out, this sort of stuff? Yeah, of course, you would. Anonymous. of course you would. Yeah, yeah. Anonymous people with, um, you know, pictures of Pogba or Marshall and, as their avi. Um, and they would just, yeah, they'd, they'd just go to town. Um, and it's boring. A lot of them aren't United fans, I'm convinced of that. They're just kids looking to make a, uh, you know, get their, get a thousand retweets or likes or something like that. Uh, they'll post something, you know, the most controversial thing they can whack up there. Um, it, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's about profile for a lot of them. For a lot of the, you know, the, uh, the fan cam lot, um, it's about profile. So they'll just say obnoxious things again just so that people retweet it even if people retweet it in a negative sense no publicity is bad publicity for that kind of clown so the, the you know the match going support um the ones who read united we stand and listen to this you know you would hope they they're clued up they know the the good from the bad and they know not to listen to these people there's plenty of people who don't think Solskjaer is the man for the job and i'm not gonna you know tonight of all nights so I'm not going to kind of open that debate there's there's um, you know that, that's a debate to be had another time you know um, but yeah I just think we uh, we suffer too much with that kind of social media clown a, a lot of the big clubs do I mean super I've seen City it. fans yeah, yeah exactly I'm just looking um, at this league table and the difference between United and City it's not the goal scored, 55, 56. It's, it's the number of games drawn. City have only drawn yeah. five. United have drawn nine. And United are in a decent position now, 54 points. And then if you go out of the top four, Everton have got 46. Everton have got a couple of games in hand. They've got no cups to worry about either because Everton don't win trophies. No. And But it would be a... A bit of a balls up, sponsored by Manscaped, if United <laughs> didn't finish in the top four from the position that the team are now in, with 12 more points and at the same stage last season when United finished third. Yeah, exactly. Although they did go on that run, didn't they? I would say about this yeah. time last season, they start, yeah. they won about five or six in a row, didn't they? Um, but that was our, that was comfortably our toughest game. We, we've had Chelsea away and City away in the last couple of weeks or two or three weeks and you just you know if you'd said four points from those two games you'd have said yep absolutely spot on the, the stupid one is is Palace in midweek where and we've West dropped Brom two points and Sheffield United yeah. they're the ones I'm cursing because imagine if you know there's an 11 point gap there I mean City's winning run has been has been freakish that's not normal to win so many games like that but no could have given them a bit more of a challenge yeah of course we could Absolutely, I agree, and that's you know we'll we'll kick ourselves. But there was you know the way City have gone. I don't think um, we weren't going to get past them this season because they've got quality and depth right the way across every position, um, and we haven't right now. I thank you for your but, time, uh, Jamie. Yeah, mate. Always good to speak to you. Um, I'm going to have a large bottle of red wine to celebrate. Okay, well, that's it for this podcast. Um, as we said, the new mag is out, and you can order one if you've not ordered one. Cheers for all your support. I can't believe we've it's been a year now since we've been able to sell the mag at the ground, but 
some really good content in this issue and we'll be joining you for another podcast after the Milan game and then I'll be going to Italy for the for the away leg as well to San Siro is probably my favourite stadium in the world from the outside certainly not from the inside it needs a few quid spending on it and Milan's a decent city as well so I'll try and get some Italian supermodels to speak to whilst I'm in Milan until next time goodbye <laughs>